Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. To scourge a Roman citizen who had not gone through the proper process, and that too was worthy of death. It was Cicero who said, to bind a Roman citizen is a crime, to scourge him a scandal, to slay him death for your family. So this was a crime. Now watch this, Paul uses their law and he asked, is it lawful to scourge me I'm a Roman citizen. And did you notice this in your Bibles around verse 26 and 27? When the guard heard that Paul was a Roman citizen, the guard said, you're a Roman. And he said, ah, um, um, uh, uh, and he was shocked and it made him back off. Now, the one little thing I want to point out to you, just as kind of a side note for you really quickly It is interesting, notice that Paul is using his civil, legal, constitutional rights to get out of this beating. Sometimes, saints, listen, you need to use your civil, legal, constitutional rights to get out of a beating. Somebody say amen. I use anything to get out of a beating. I'm going to get out of a beating. Y'all feeling me? But now listen, you got to understand. Yes, we use our civil, legal, constitutional rights to get out of a beating against non-believers. But let's be clear about something. We are not to take believers to court. The Bible does not teach that. And people tell me all the time, Pastor, well, you know, well, I'm going to take them to court. And like, oh, are they a Christian? Yeah, they're a Christian. We worship together forever. But still, I don't I, you know. I'm going to take them to see Judge Judy. Like, look, don't take him to see Judge Judy. Take him to see Judge Mathis. No, I mean, don't take him at all. Whoa, I don't know where that came from, man. I meant don't take him at all. Because the Bible doesn't say that. But we're not to take a believer to court. And so here we have the commander said to Paul in our text, are you a Roman citizen? And Paul said, you doggone skippy I am. That's also in the Greek language. See, y'all just don't know your Greek. That's the problem, see. And he said, I'm a Roman, and I purchased my citizenship. Now listen, at this time, Claudius had instituted a law that if people wanted to be a Roman citizen, they could buy their way into citizenship with proper approval. So he said to Paul, you're a Roman? Well, I purchased my citizenship and Paul said, well, I was born free. That sounds like a song. Born free, as free as the wind blows. 
as free as the grass grows, born free. You know that song? It's a wonderful song. Paul says, I was born free. And they stopped the preparations. Did you notice that? They stopped the preparations for scourging and the commander was afraid. And rightly he should be because he broke the Roman law by even binding a Roman citizen. You understand so far? Say amen. He broke the law already. Now, I do find it interesting. Get this. Listen close. Paul didn't use his Roman citizenship too soon. I find that interesting. You might remember when Paul was in Philippi. It's right about Acts chapter 16. Paul was in Philippi and he used his Roman citizenship pretty quickly. Well, they wanted him to leave the city. And Paul says, oh, oh, yeah, you want us to leave the city now that you've already beaten us, uncondemned Romans, he said. So there in that case, there in Acts 16, Paul uses his Roman citizenship here uh, quickly. But here in our text, Paul kind of waits and He lets them take him. He lets them bind him. They probably stripped off the shirt and they're getting ready. They got the flagellum, the cat of nine tails. They're probably right right here, ready to strike. And Paul's like there all tied down like this. And they're ready to strike. And Paul looks up and says, "Uh, fellas, uh, I'm a Roman citizen. Now, I'm like... Why did he wait till then? So I did a lot of study on this. I needed to know. And you know what I found out? I don't know. (laughs) It took me days to discover that I don't know. I I just don't know. Now, if it had been me, as soon as they were even coming near me, if I saw them on the same block... And I knew they were going to take me and scourge me. I'd be like, I'm a Roman. I'm a Roman. Listen, man, listen, me, listen, listen. Y'all not hearing me. I am a Roman. I start quoting them chapter and verse policy and section. I'd be like, you need to know your law. Paul just waits and he, you know, just about. And then he says, hey, I'm a, I'm a Roman citizen. And notice in verse 30 in your Bibles, notice the commander has to know exactly what Paul did wrong. And so he gathers, did you note this? He gathers a chief priest in the Sanhedrin. And again, listen, the Sanhedrin is the Supreme Court. This is the high court of the day. 71, 71 of these guys. It's the high court, the court of the Sanhedrin. And guys, listen close. This is the fifth time that someone stands before this council, this court, the Sanhedrin, the fifth time to share with them the gospel. The same court. The first time, it was Jesus who was standing there sharing with them. The second time was Peter and John who was brought before the Sanhedrin. Third time's a charm. The 12 were brought and a testimony was given before the Sanhedrin. And then the fourth time, it was with Stephen, the first martyr of the church, whose face was glowing like an angel. And then here we have it, the fifth time right here with Paul standing before them. Saints, listen, what does that tell us? That tells us that God is a God 
not only of the second chance, contrary to popular opinion. God is not the God of a second chance. He's the God of a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth. Somebody say amen. The second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance. God's always trying to reach people. These guys continue. Every time somebody is standing before them to give testimony of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, they reject it. And now number five. And you'll find it interesting if you know your biblical history and you know your Roman history. It's the Roman general Titus in A.D. 70, just 10 short years from now, less than that. In A.D. 70, where Titus comes in and he levels the city. Why? Because they continue to reject the grace of God. And if anyone continues to reject the grace of God, then of course there comes a day of reckoning. Well, how could a loving God send people to hell? He doesn't. You do. Because he's always crying out. The Bible says that even when you go outside and you look up in the air and you look up in the sky, and the Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Every day they're uttering speech and every night they show knowledge. And every time that you go to the mountains and you enjoy your vacation... And those mountains are saying, hey, what you're looking at is all about God. It's no accident of creation. What's wrong with you? Oh, well, all that beautiful mountain just showed up. Oh, yeah. And this watch just showed up, too. Hello? It doesn't happen. You got a watch, you need a watchmaker. Got a pair of shoes, you need a cobbler. I ain't heard that word in a long time, have you? <laughs> I'm dating myself. A cobbler. Some of y'all's like, is that what they call shoemakers? <laughs> Honey, write that down. Cobbler. I thought that was something you ate. <laughs> oh, okay. But hey, you know, God is always trying to reach people. Amen, saints? And that's what this is all about. Here, Paul is standing before the Sanhedrin. Now, let's see how much of chapter 23 we can get in here. Look at this. Acts 23 and verse 1. Notice, then Paul, are you with me? Say amen. amen. Then Paul, looking earnestly at the Sanhedrin, the council, he said, men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to smack him in the mouth. And then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. I love Paul. He's so much like me. You whitewashed wall. For you sit to judge me according to the law. And do you command me to be struck contrary to the law? Now, stop right there, guys. Give me your attention. You got to wonder how many of these guys. Listen, Paul was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was a member of the 71. And you got to think about, wonder how many of these guys that he was kind of in club Sanhedrin with. Some of these guys, he knew them. And you want to notice how Paul greeted them. He said, men and brethren, which, by the way, saints, isn't the ordinary greeting. The ordinary greeting for a group like this is rulers and elders of Israel. Paul says, men and brethren, why? 
because he was familiar with these guys. Paul knew these guys. He stands looking at them, looking into the eyes probably of most of his friends. Isn't that interesting? And so he's looking at most of his friends. He sees Amir, Tevier, Harry, Joe. He's all good Jewish names. And he's looking at these guys and and he's all members of the Sanhedrin. And he says, men and brethren, I have lived in good conscience before God until this day. And when he said that, the high priest Ananias commanded that Paul be slapped. Now, listen, don't get this guy Ananias confused with Annas from the Gospels. Who was the high priest at the time of Jesus trial? That's Annas. This guy is Ananias. And this Ananias was very cruel. He was a very brutal man who sympathized with Rome. It was in AD 66, war broke out between the Jews and Rome, and Ananias runs and hides, but these Jewish guerrilla warfare guys went and sniffed him out and found him hiding in an aqueduct, and they killed him right there. This guy was brutal. So Ananias gave the command to hit Paul in the mouth. And then Paul says, God will hit you in the mouth, you whitewashed wall. Now, I understand that this is very difficult for us to kind of grab hold of, because if someone calls you a whited washed wall, you go, so? Pizza face. That's stupid. So what? I mean, that means nothing to you. It means nothing to me in our culture today. But in Jesus' day, to these religious leaders, that was a huge, 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 incredible insult. Don't you remember when Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, you guys are like whitewashed sepulchers. See, in those days, because Jewish people were commanded to stay a certain number of feet away from dead bodies... They would paint their tombs where they bury people. They would paint them white. So as a Jewish person is walking down the street and he sees this white tomb, he knows I got to stay a certain feet. So maybe he'd go around it because Jesus said to them, to the Pharisees, he says, you guys are whitewashed sepulchers because on the outside you're pure and you're white and you look good. He said, but on the inside, you're dead men's bones. Oh, you look good on the outside. You're very religious. But inside, you're dead. You see, to a Jewish mind, to the Jewish hearer, to the Jewish ruler, this was an incredible, incredible insult. So Paul says, you white it, wash wall. And please don't misunderstand me here. Uh, Don't misunderstand me. Paul, at this point, was completely and totally in the flesh, which is one of the reasons why I love him. Because Paul was a normal guy. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I grew up, I grew up in Catholic church and, you know, I used to go to Catholic school and you see all the apostles and stuff in the, in the windows and the stained glass windows. And every time you walk by, you see them and, you know, and it's like, wow, look at that. They all look so perfect. Everybody looks so perfect. They don't even look human. And you look at them and you walk by and you hear music. You go, wow, they're perfect. And I'm not. You always felt that way. And then I start reading the Bible and I'm like, man, these guys are just like me. I mean, Peter, look, you want a picture of imperfection. Look at the life of Peter. I mean, Peter got all mad at that little girl. He started cursing that little girl out. That poor child, he traumatized that poor child all her life. And then God went on to make him the rock of the church. 
on building a rock on it, you know, build the church and preach the gospel. And I'm like, wow, God is really amazing. And these guys were just like us. And Paul, he, you know, the guy slaps Paul in, in, in the face. He slaps him in the mouth. And Paul simply lost his temper. He got angry. He was in the flesh. And the reason why I know he was in the flesh, because Exodus 22, verse 2, pardon me, 22, verse 38 says, you shall not revile God nor curse a ruler of your people. And at the same time, the law was also said that Deuteronomy, it says in Deuteronomy 25, 1 and 2, it says only one man found guilty can be beaten. And Paul, at this point in our text, hadn't even been found guilty yet. So why were they seeking to beat him? I mean, think about it like this. They're sitting and judging Paul according to the law, and they're hitting him in the mouth contrary to the law. And so Paul just lost it. And he just got in the flesh because Paul wasn't perfect. No one is perfect. Y'all don't have to say amen, but that's still true. No one is perfect. I think we get more disappointed in ourselves than God does. Well, I just blew it. Man, I messed up now. I done blew it. I blew it. God, I'm so low. I'm so low. I play wall ball with the curb. I'm so low. I'm so low. God, I'm so low. And God says, I know. You don't know how wicked and vile you are. But I know. You know, we, we think, you know, we don't realize, listen, we still got this flesh to contend with. Now, that's not an occasion, an excuse for you to go out and walk in your flesh. Somebody say amen. Don't leave church saying, ooh, Pastor Rodney said we can go send it up because we ain't perfect. I saw y'all got happy when I said that. And that's not what I'm saying. Shake your head, no. Shake your head, no. Some of y'all refuse to shake, don't you? Y'all just refuse. Obstinate little sheep, aren't you? No, that's not what I'm saying. But the fact is, we are not perfect. We're Christians. We love God and we all want to walk in the spirit. But the truth be told, we're not perfect. We're in the world. And sometimes this thing called the flesh will rise up quicker than the spirit. That just is too true. What do you mean, Rodney? Well, look, I can prove it. When you're on the 440 and somebody cuts you off, do you say, oh, bless God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Happy trails. Do you do that? You're like, right, I'm telling you. Somebody cut me off of free. I'm going to tell you something. I'll follow you home. I will follow you. Did you just cut me off 52 miles ago? Oh, no, you didn't. You don't want none of this. No. Why? Because the, the flesh monster is still lurking. You know, we think we get Christian. We just, holy child, just hallelujah. We're holy. No, we're holy because of Jesus. And we got this flesh to contend with. Don't be fooled. And mortify the deeds of the flesh. Don't walk in it. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up by reading quickly. Look at verse 4. And those who stood by in verse 4, they said, look at verse 4. Y'all still breathing? All right. Those who stood by said, do you revile God's high priest, Paul? And then Paul said, I I didn't know 
brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, Paul says, I know the law. I didn't even know this guy was a high priest. For it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. Well, when Paul perceived, God, check this out. When Paul perceived that one part was Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren, I'm a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, concerning the hope and the resurrection of the dead, I'm being judged. And when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I say divide and conquer, baby. Did you get this? Did you get that? All right. Now, look. So uh, the assembly was divided. Why? Because the Sadducees say there's no resurrection and no angels, no spirits, no nothing spiritual. But the Pharisees, well, they confess both. And then there arose a loud outcry and the scribes of the Pharisees party arose and protested, saying, we find no evil in this man. But if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. Now, when there arose a great dissension, the commander, fearing lest Paul might be pulled to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by force from among them and bring him back into the Antonio Fortress. Before you shut your Bibles, these guys who stood by said, do you revile God's high priest? Paul said, my bad. I didn't know. And it's very possible that he did not know. It's very, very possible that Paul didn't know because one, the guy wasn't acting much like a high priest. Secondly, it's very possible he didn't know because maybe he wasn't wearing his high priestly garment because his meeting was kind of thrown together quickly and he didn't have the time to get the typical robe. And maybe Paul didn't know because Paul couldn't see him. What do you mean, Rodney? Galatians chapter four tells us that Paul had an eye problem, somehow caught something in the region of many scholars believe malaria in the region of uh, um, the territory of Galatia. And so it's very possible that maybe his eyes were giving him a problem and he really couldn't see. Either way, Paul said, I'm sorry, I know the law. You shall not curse a ruler. And then notice in verse six in your Bibles, Paul settles down and he realized that half the kangaroo court was Pharisee and half the kangaroo court was Sadducee. And Paul sees an opportunity to divide and conquer. (laughs) And Paul says, men and brethren, I'm a Pharisee the son of a Pharisee. And the reason I'm here is because I believe in the resurrection. And note this, when he said that, then the Sadducees and the Pharisees, then they started arguing and he forgot all about Paul. And Paul's probably sitting there going, did you hear what he just said? He doesn't believe in the resurrection. Did you, did you hear that? And he'd look over at the Pharisees and go, can you believe what he just said? And they're like, yeah, we can. And they're going back and forth. And Paul's like, praise the Lord. It's just kind of, it's kind of interesting. Paul was smart. And so a great dissension arose and the commander's thinking, I better get these guys out, get this guy out of here. They are going to pull him limb from limb. And listen, have you noticed this, that everywhere Paul goes, a riot breaks out? <laughs> Have you noticed that? It's like, wow. And Paul's got like the riot ministry or something. Everywhere he goes, a riot breaks out. We talked about it. They riot because they took that guy Trophimus and, and, and they said he, they took Trophimus into an area of the temple that he wasn't supposed to be in. And so they had a riot. And then we just talked about it. They had a riot over the G word, Gentile. And now they're having a riot over the R word, resurrection. 
everywhere Paul goes. And so the commander takes him before they tear him from limb to limb. And he puts him in a private place. And it's in that private place. It's dark. It's lonely. And Paul is probably a little afraid, a little fearful. And Paul, and I know he's fearful because the Lord shows up in that place. And we'll talk about next week where he says, Paul, be of good cheer for you. Paul, you've testified of me in Jerusalem. So you must also bear witness of me, Jesus said in Rome. And isn't it true that God always shows up? Listen, guys, I have found this to be true. In the deep, dark moments of our, our lives as Christians, God always shows up right on time. Somebody once said he's never late and he's never early. He always shows up right on time. Isn't that right? Isn't that right, Henry? He's never late. Never. He always shows up just when you need him most. And he'll give you a word. He'll give you a song. You'll wake up in the morning. God will just give you, just be singing to the Lord. you be like, I ain't heard that song in 15 years. Where'd that come from? And you're just singing. Isn't that true? Somebody should say amen. I know that's right. And, and, and that's how God is. And he'll give you a scripture verse, and you'll just open up, and that verse will jump off that page. And you, you know, I, I remember reading the verse, and God, I needed that verse. And, and it, I, opened, I opened right to it in the book of Hebrews, and that verse was highlighted in my Bible. It was the weirdest thing ever. It was highlighted. And I read it. I was in the chapel, Naval Hospital Camp Pendleton, sitting in the chapel praying. And God highlighted that. God took a highlighter, y'all. I don't know. He probably, I don't know. Maybe he keeps one nearby. But he had a, he had a highlighter that day. He highlighted that verse. I read that verse. I went back like a day later. Look, that verse was not highlighted. I said, thank you, Jesus, for the highlighter. God will do whatever to get your attention and to encourage your heart and your spirit. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.